0: 75 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world and fandom of Avatar. I'm Kayla and I'm Andre. And today we go on the journey to finally figure out what happened to Zuko's mom through recapping part one of the Search comic book series. Big spoilers ahead for Atla and The Legend of Korra, both Kiyoshi novels, Avatar comic books, Guitar and the Pirate Silver, Suki Alone and The Promise. Before we get started, how are we doing this week, Andre?
1: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I have a little bit of an exciting news. Ooh. I finally signed a lease for my new place and we are going to be moving uh, in a couple of weeks.
0: That is so exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. It's my first time living in an apartment that I was not in college. So <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited. I've missed kind of just like living on my own in my own space. Really excited to, yeah, just just make a make a new home Um, not sure when I'll start recording from there because we're going to be moving in stages because the space is kind of small and we don't want to bring everything over at the same time so we just kind of want to make sure that we can fit everything but we're doing like a huge Ikea trip this weekend because we love Ikea oh yes we do and um, yeah I'm on the hunt for a new desk chair because I mean you can't see it when I'm sitting down but it is it's like one of those like leather desk chairs and it's kind of like ripping from, you know, just like wear and tear cuz like I sit in it like almost 8 hours a day. <laughs> um so on the hunt for that. But yeah, I'm really excited. That's it's so been exciting. it's been a very exhausting search. <laughs> but yeah, it's finally Sounds happening. Sounds like it.
0: Well, that's exciting for you. And now I'm starting my apartment search because I got a job, you guys. Yay. I'm going to be employed after I graduate in May, which I am super excited about. Um, I'll be working as a communication specialist position. And so that means I get to actually use both of my degrees uh, journalism and digital marketing comms, which I am super excited about. So, yay. yay. And now starts the next stressful part trying to find a, an apartment. So now I'm in the same boat, similar boat to what you were in for the last few weeks.
1: Look at us. Look at Look us. Look at us.
0: Who would have thought?
1: thought? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever think that this podcast is sort of like a time capsule of all like the weird, like big, events in our lives that we can, like, go back to any single time that we want.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's actually really sweet, you know? Not to get
1: existential at the gig, but...
0: It's it's cute though. It actually makes me it actually makes me kind of happy. You know, yeah. like if we ever go back and revisit some old episodes, you know, kind of seeing like I mean, hey, even looking at old Zoom recordings, like when I edited uh, that Zoom recording from uh, the secret tunnel episode to make a Valentine's Day video, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god! I, I mean, nothing like that. The pink hair is still new technically, mm-hmm. but it's still like you know, it feels like there's a very stark divide between like how I looked a month ago two months ago versus now it just right. shows another part of the passage of time through you know how our hair changes you know
1: yeah exactly but my hair's changing every month so
0: so exactly So kind of like yeah. it also provides another kind of time capsule for that too yeah that's but really it's, cool that's kind of sweet actually but yeah i didn't even think about that <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my All goodness. Right. So moving on to the news, we got some um small news from the Avatar World. Dark Horse Comic Books has announced a north and south omnibus. So if you're collecting the Avatar comic books and don't want to purchase the separate parts for that arc, this omnibus will be made available on March 9th, 2022. And eventually we'll recap it on the show. <laughs> yes, I will I, I prefer purchasing omnibuses because yeah. I mean the comic book itself is already a pretty quick read. Yeah, and you know, it's just nice to have everything compiled into one book. Exactly, opposed you know, to like reading three. So the only reason that it kind of gives me a headache for the podcast is that when you get the omnibus, it doesn't like differentiate part one, part two, part yeah. three. Yeah. So what I difficult. have to do is I have to go on like Amazon and go to like part two and go into the preview section and see what the first page of part two is to figure out when part one ends, and I have to do that <laughs> for part three as well. So. I wish there was a place that just, like, kind of listed it. I checked Avatar Wiki. It doesn't do that. So,
0: mm. anyway. Oh, well. It's still nice to have everything in one place, as we've discovered
1: yes. through the promise in the search comic book. <laughs> and I don't know if you... You probably noticed this already, Kayla, but, like, the spine of the omnibuses are actually, like, creating, like, a like one image if you put them right next to each other. Oh, I
0: didn't yeah. think about so, that.
1: So, that's, uh, that's another, like, incentive just to get the omnibus and get this, like, really cool oh, cover so on the cool. spine. Here. Yeah. Let's, patrons let's can see it
0: check it out yeah. that is so cool i didn't even think about that and like that just stuff like that makes me like I mean, the, it, it's interesting the things that excite you when you start to get older uh because yeah. i'm thinking about <laughs> yeah. how excited i am to get finally get a bookshelf for my next apartment because i did not have a bookshelf in here and just my books are just stacked in boxes and strewn all about the apartment so i'm very excited to get a bookshelf and i can also see as i start reading more of the comics to have that
1: <laughs> yeah i love me i love me a good bookshelf oh, i'm so excited to get a book yeah you can get it i don't know if there'll be an ikea <laughs> yeah, anywhere, yeah
0: i definitely will be going to ikea i also really want to get this thing from ikea where it's like it's you put your mattress on and it has like the drawers underneath it i'm like i need more storage yeah. space my sister has that kind of bed and i'm like i want it
1: ikea is Fine. great for storage this this <laughs> giant bookshelf behind me 80 bucks uh-huh. in ikea i love
0: that it took me, like, two to hours
1: have... to assemble by myself, but... That's, you know. that's
0: a part of the queer experience. <laughs> Except for yeah,
1: like, IKEA books. <laughs> that's true. Oh, my God. And another small piece of news from the live-action series over at Netflix, Roy Iskandar has been cast as Lieutenant Yi in um, the show. If you remember, uh, he wasn't a prominent character, but in the Storm episode, this is the guy that kind of, like challenges zuko and he's like what's wrong with him anyway like why is he like that mm. so i wonder if he might get an expanded role in the show but um yeah so the the casting is still ongoing for the show even as they're filming which is interesting yeah that is interesting so, yeah that's really cool hmm. um and now shifting over to to uh, pretty uh not so great <laughs> pieces of events so as we all kind of know ukraine is currently being invaded by russia and ukrainian citizens are in desperate need of our help so we are recording this on february 25th so by the time this comes out we're sure that the situation is probably like way more developed than it is right now Um, but if you're looking for some small way that you can help we have some resources available and they these will be linked down in the show notes um so revived soldiers ukraine is a non-profit organization that provides medical aid and sustainable living standards to ukrainian soldiers and their families as well as those affected by military conflict voices of children ukraine is an organization that helps children and their families affected by war get the treatments and rehabilitation they need united help ukraine another nonprofit organization that offers humanitarian aid at the front lines they uh the little asterisks here, they accept food and medical donations. And Novi Ukraine provides aid and works to build a strong civil society, reform the educational system, and eliminate corruption. So apart from the fact that these are just great wells of information, um, they are also great places to donate and support Ukraine um, as they're going through this terrible um, invasion from Russia. Mm -hmm. But yeah, our hearts go out to the people in Ukraine, and we hope that the situation is resolved diplomatically and that the people responsible will be held accountable.
0: Absolutely. Um, And bringing things back to uh, the United States, uh, in Texas, there's been another round of attacks against trans youth that has been ongoing throughout the country. Um, The Texas governor has directed state health agencies to you know that that treat uh gender affirming care for trans youth uh to make it determined as child abuse mm-hmm. and criminalizing medical care such as puberty you know puberty blockers and hormones and orders the investigation of families of children who's who are trans who are transitioning which absolutely fucking ridiculous like they're punishing families who are trying to support their trans kids like it just breaks my heart um sorry this this really hits close to home for me um but here are some resources that you can donate to um if you are able to there is uh the largest trans-led organization in texas the transgender education network of texas or tent they use donations to create accessibility to hearings support individuals and groups things like that there's also txtranskids.org which is another resource for trans youth in texas fighting for their rights in courts legislature local governments and schools Um, they don't accept donations but you can become an advocate with the organization um and just they also provide more additional resources on their website there's also equality texas um an advocacy organization to eliminate, working to eliminate discrimination against the queer community in Texas. There's also Lambda Legal, um, which has popped up a few times uh, as well for a uh, popular organization to help the LGBTQ plus community. And uh, all of these links will be available in the description, I believe. Correct?
1: <laughs> yes. And this isn't the only onslaught against queer youth in this country nope. happening right now. Florida's House of Representatives has passed a controversial, controversial bill titled the "Don't Say Gay" bill, which will make it a life harder for LGBTQ youth who already face a higher rate of bullying and higher risk of suicide than their straight cisgender peers. The Republican sponsor behind it says it aims to have schools teach gender and sexuality at an appropriate age and keeps parents informed about what's happening in the classroom. The legislation prohibits any instruction about sexuality or gender between kindergarten and third grade or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Um, obviously this is extremely, extremely dangerous mm-hmm. to the queer youth going to these schools and silencing them and ostracizing them is gonna make them even more vulnerable to abuse and possibly death, because that happens. Um, and listen, I know that a lot of people come here to the show to kind of like escape from everything and we've gotten messages of how the show has kind of helped people go through hard times and we don't by any means want to bring the mood down but me and kayla do feel that it is important to bring these issues to the show to make it to just let our small audience know how they can help that this is happening because sometimes people just don't know about this stuff people are not hard hardwired to the news maybe to the extent that me and kayla are um (laughs) but it's it's incredibly important that even if you're not a part of the queer community it is important to know that this is happening because this is ridiculous it sets a a very dangerous precedent um we don't have any links prepared for you right now but links to help people in florida over the don't say gay bill will be made available in the description as well so just please if you do anything today listening to the episode just go to eat just one of those links and just donate whatever you can um we're really struggling right now as a, <laughs> a country and as a community so we would really really appreciate all the help that we can get from you guys absolutely
0: and also um i mean these current events also tie in with the show with you know with standing up for the people who are vulnerable and you know speaking out against imperialism and you know prejudice and all of that so it makes perfect sense to be talking about this on an avatar podcast um so let's take the messages that we've learned from this show and apply it to the real world events and the people who need our help absolutely
1: absolutely absolutely well as always it's not easy to segue from very serious topics but we're gonna go ahead and start our recap of the search comic book part one um so before we start actually kayla just general impressions about how the story picks up from the promise what you were kind of expecting going in like what were your like just general feelings in terms of like continuity going in through to this uh next installment of the comic book arc um
0: Personally, I don't really have too much of an expectation of like how it was gonna flow. Mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting a little bit of a time jump, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, from the promise. But I mean, it seems to be pretty fresh still based off of the second scene, I think, in part one, where everyone's talking in U Dow and things like that. Um, but I don't know, I feel like I was like, I remember kind of being almost surprised that you Dow was immediately brought up again. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I felt that way, but I was. Um But no complaints here. I think it follows the... I mean, considering the fact that Zuko brought up his mother in the final part of The Promise, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that would be the natural flow. And of course, we see Azula again at the end of The Promise. So natural flow into the search, I think, as well.
1: Yeah, and I think I was really um, surprised to see just how well it flowed into the next arc. Um, Especially how like the seasons of Avatar kind of also flow into each other, sort of link back to past events of the season before it and i think it also makes perfect sense that the yu dao situation is still kind of like an unstable situation within the world like it just wasn't solved because the comic book ended you know so i i like that that it's still like an ongoing thing that's going on uh in the story um so yeah so let's just get into the the story itself so we open with uh ursa and her boyfriend ekem Rehearsing a scene from Love Amongst Dragons, which, (laughs) if the name sounds familiar, it's because it was uh, mentioned by Zuko, I think, in the Ember Island Players episode. um, Saying how that they... They butchered Love Amongst Dragons. And this is all taking place in the Fire Nation town of Hira, who I I don't think has been mentioned until now. Um, Ursa announces that she has been given the role of the Dragon Empress in the play, and Ikem jumps to his feet, ecstatic that he will finally get to kiss her before the whole town. Which is, it's just really sweet. Yeah. Ikan proposes marriage to his girlfriend, revealing that he has been in love with her since he was six and she accepts. So moving forward on into the present day, Team Avatar sits among an assembly in Yu Dao. Although Aang and Sokka chat quietly among themselves to divert from the boring lecture of the Earth Kingdom scholar, Katara scolds them both and the three begin to bicker. (laughs) And Zuko, being, you know, the nonchalant older brother of the group, watches them from the sidelines, ignoring the professor until he hears him say the word family. Um, and the scholar reiterates to Zuko that family is, in essence, a small nation and the nation a large family. Therefore, if a ruler has a proper handling on family, he may be more prepared to govern a nation. So, I mean, right here is just Zuko's main motivation for <laughs> the duration of the comic. Um, and this causes him to think about the dysfunction of his own family, you know, he's thinking about how his father is imprisoned, and his firebending is taken away, his sister is kept in an institution, and his mother is banished, and has been missing for years, could be dead, could be not. And he tells Aang of his doubts over what this means for his own country and how he can expect to rule it with such a dysfunctional family. So back in Hira of years past, Ursa is ecstatic over the proposal. And when she goes to tell her parents, her mother Rina is kneeling with a family heirloom headpiece on her lap and a tear in her eye, reminding her that she loves her. Rina tells her that her father Jinzuk is in the greenhouse with a visitor and finds her father with Fire Lord Azulon. He explains pretty quickly that combining the bloodlines of Avatar Roku and the Fire Lords will strengthen his descendants, allowing them to rule the Fire Nation and the world long after his death. And he just cuts to the chase and introduces his son, Ozai, who has a proposal for her. So, lots happening already. The comic is like pretty consistently jumping back and forth between um, present day and this flashback with Ursa and Ozai. Uh and I think it's really intriguing because I I wanna know like just kind of how this all started, you know. I vaguely recall Ozai oh, saying that Ursa was like a peasant or something. I don't know if it was from the actual show or not, or maybe it was in the co- it was in the promise. I don't know. Um
0: I don't remember either, sorry.
1: <laughs> but yeah, but but it's it's nice that we're we're finding out like how this kind of came to be, which I think will be pivotal into finding out like what actually happened to her. Back at the Fire Nation prison, Zuko stands outside of his father's cell, watching Azula in her straitjacket, and they're just staring at each other. Uh, And the warriors assure Zuko that neither of them has said a word to each other. Zuko enters the cell with tea for his family, and Azula, because she's in a straitjacket, bites on the tray and throws it into Zuko's chest, infuriated by how he just expects her to lap it up like an animal, her words. Mm -hmm. Um, Tylee chi-blocks her, causing Azula to rant wild-eyed, and she accuses Ursa of having gotten to Tylee and May, making them lose their fear in her. And this is like the first instance of Azula's theory that everything that has gone wrong in her life is because Ursa is behind it all. So she like <laughs> like, convinced Tylee and May to betray her or like, you know, like all of these or- things. And later Which she is, says that, like apparently like you know, she told Guitar how to defeat her, and yeah, you know, yeah, like, how did my mother like, you know, let you know how to defeat me? That sort of thing. Like, so it's gotten to that level. like she's is still kind of like haunted by Ursa's ghost. Oh. um Zuko explains that he thought the tea would add dignity, and Azula persuades him to let her and their father speak alone. He confides to Suki that no matter how much he regrets it, they are the best chance of him finding his mother. Uh, back to the flashback, Ursa sits in a carriage with the Fire Lord and Ozai when suddenly her fiancé, Ikem yells from its outside uh, outside the carriage that he will not let Ursa go. Azulon orders his guards to take care of him, but before the battle turns fatal, Ursa runs out of the carriage and tells him to go home. Ikem tries to plead with her, but Ursa tells him that the decision has been made and there's nothing that can change it. The so, way that she
0: says it is particularly heartbreaking, too. Like yeah. She says, like, you know, I, you know... Like she, it feels like she's saying, honestly, because she's an actress, you know, using the right words to know Mm -hmm. that it's going to hurt him and to also appease the people that she's about to go away with, you know, like they've, you know, the the Fire Lord has honored me, you know, like, you know, you know, Prince Ozai has honored me with his proposal and I, and I joyously accept, even though she says the words, you can see the tears in her eyes Mm -hmm. and, you know, just even though we don't see a whole lot of, you know. Ursa and uh together, like, they still managed to establish their relationship pretty quickly, and yeah. it makes this moment hurt, which is pretty impressive that we only got a few panels with them, you know, and we already have an idea of what their relationship is like, and then immediately get it taken away, you know?
1: Well, yeah, and I think one of the biggest strengths of these comic books is that they still manage to get, like, a, a good amount of, like, emotion to emanate from, like, just, like, still pages. Um much like just like how a book kind of does it, but we're not like privy to the character's like thought processes like it the same way we are in like just regular books. At least in reading one. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So yeah, it's it's it was really, you know, it's like kind of stunning just how emotional the scene felt. Um but you can tell this is like obviously very painful for Ursa. So You know, kind of, like, distraught by this, Ikem, like, kind of, like, goes through the jungle, and he begins to, like, you know, build a shelter for himself and becomes a hermit, essentially. In his days of forest dwelling, he grows a beard and finishes a dilapidated house, and as he sits next to a bonfire, Ikem turns around one night to spot a mysterious glowing wolf drinking water from a pond. More on that later. Let's put a pin in it. (laughs) At her wedding reception... um. Ursa and Ozai look at her parents from afar. He tells her how lovely they are and mentions to her that as a princess of the Fire Nation, she will have to abandon her former life and devote herself to her duties, warning her to never mention Hira or her family again, adding that she belongs to the royal family and himself now. Oof. And I wonder if this is like, based in anything, or this is just strictly Ozai being possessive and controlling. Yeah, just like, being like manipulative and, and like possessive and controlling—that he already is. Yeah. Um, or I'm going to
0: say I'm going to say this is probably a recent development. Maybe, perhaps even Sosen perhaps started it, or someone before him started that. Yeah. But something tells me that it wasn't always this way in the Fire Nation.
1: I mean, maybe Ursa is the the first person that they have brought into the royal family. I was going to
0: say, or it's also the case with Ursa being from a non-noble family. If yeah. she was from a noble family, I highly doubt they would. I mean, especially seeing how like the, you know, the different clans of the Fire Nation, different families in the Fire Nation, you know, if she had come from one of those families, they would never have been able to cut her off from her family because that would have
1: started a war. <laughs> right, right.
0: Yeah, so it's so. interesting.
1: Suki and Ty Lee accompany Zuko as he tells Azula about moving her to the palace to make her more comfortable. And Azula brings up how after being chi-blocked, uh, one feels like really limp and is suddenly much more flexible than they usually are. And she uh. pulls her arm from the straight jacket and lightning bends Zuko and escapes in the process. Zuko finds Azula in a secret bunker rummaging through a chest of Ozai's possessions. She explains to Zuko that within the chest is a wealth of letters that their mother had written a few years prior. As Zuko approaches her in the hope of reading the one in her hand, she burns it to ashes, covertly sneaking the actual note behind her back. Azula admits that she wants to find Ursa too, and that she will tell him what was written in the note on one condition. And this is a dot dot dot. (laughs) And Katara and Sokka fly to the Fire Nation Royal Palace to meet Zuko, who has summoned them all together. Iroh greets them, and it was kind of weird to see Arrow in like his like Fire Nation regalia, you know. Yeah. But it, it makes sense because he is going to be interim Fire Lord, and we're going to see what his first decree is in just a little bit. Um, Zuko proceeds to explain that he has discovered the location of his mother's hometown and hopes that going there will help his search uh, to find her. However, since Azula was the one who coaxed the information out of Ozai, he agreed to let her travel with him unbound. Aang and the rest of the team admits that he thinks the plan is crazy and (sighs) just dangerous, but he's agreed for the group to go with him to Hira and help him find his mother.
0: And also to keep an eye on Azula.
1: Yes. (laughs) The next day, as everyone is loading his or her luggage onto Appa, Azula insults the bison and the others by telling them to bring her things onto the shaggy beast. Zuko, assur- Zuko assures everyone that someone will have to be watching his sister at all times. And of course, Sokka volunteers for first watch. And though Zuko would prefer the job we given to the benders, he wants to show her what he is made of and tells her to get onto Appa, waving his <laughs> boomerang in her face. Azula just nonchalantly zaps it out of his hand with lightning, putting Team Avatar on the offensive. Sokka backs out of the job, suggesting someone else take it instead. God bless them. And as they fly away, Iroh theorizes that for the past 100 years... The Fire Nation has had too many weapons and too little tea. Declaring to Suki and Tighley that he will instate National Tea Appreciation Day, and I just the, in the Fire love Nation the, the
0: fear that's in the guard's eyes when he gives him the cup of tea, and like he's like drink up, and I'm, and yeah. he just like she can see like the, the,
1: the cup shaking as he's trying to. <laughs> yeah, this is great. What's even? What's really like? I find really striking in scenes like this is, like, the scene starts and Aang's like, good morning, Azula, how are you? And I'm like, oh, this is such a weird dynamic. And I'm interested just to see how, like, Azula kind of, like, I don't know, like, how she, like, vibes with the group, I guess. Well, we'll find
0: out in the next part of part one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. But it is it
0: is weird. But I'm excited about this, though. I'm
1: very excited it's, too. It's
0: it's a it's a big switch in the dynamic of the gang, you know. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh and it's too bad Toph can't be part of this because she's stuck with the metal bending academy. We didn't mention this, but apparently the metal bending academy is like booming with with customers. So yeah, everyone um, wants
0: to learn how to metal bend.
1: Yeah, Toph is carrying that bag in the meantime.
0: I also wanted to bring this up with um the discussion of UDAO and all that stuff because they talked about possibly using UDAO as a beacon for future cities, kind of like talking about like we're people in different nations coincide. And it's like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme of like the pointing, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Republic city! Republic city! (laughs) Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up real quick before I forgot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're going to talk more about The Search Part 1 right after this break. We'll see you in a little bit. Hey everyone, Andre here. Before we get into the second half of the episode, we just wanted to remind everyone to check to make sure you are following the Avatar Hour podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if that platform has a rating system, please consider leaving us a review and some feedback. With subscribers and reviews, it allows us to reach future listeners and help the podcast grow in the long run. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. And we're back with the second half of The Search Part 1.
0: So the gang takes off, plus Azula, on Appa's back, he's soaring through the sky. Uh, Katarin and Aang give more of the Oogis by being cute um, and makes some wish that Toph was there with them. But instead, they have Azula, who then proceeds to question them as to which one of them was first approached by Ursa, believing that they had all conspired against her with her mother, which... heartfelt <sighs> sigh. Um, mm. Don't know what else to say about that. So after de-escalating the situation, Zuko mentions that he believes that Hira is just up ahead. And he proposes that after they land, they set up camp if they can't enter the village before sunset. Aang's face in the contorts into a scowl. And he tells the group he's not trying to make this, exp- this expression, but he feels the presence of a spirit nearby that's making him, you know... Scary looking. Mm -hmm. Uh, Azula then takes advantage of the temporary distraction by jumping off of Appa's saddle since they're close enough to the village and she tells Azuko that she would give their mother his regards. Aang then uses his glider to try to catch her. She then burns a hole in the glider and causes the two of them to crash. Zuko tells the other to check on Aang while he chases after Azula and she meanwhile runs and crosses a stream But what prevents her from going further is that she sees her mother's reflection in the water. She rages against her mother's reflection, saying that she was trying to take her down since she was born, blaming her for Lee and Mei's betrayal, and even Katara for defeating her in the final Agni Kai. Zuko then arrives and asks her who she's talking to, which she says doesn't concern him, and she no longer needs his help to find their mother. Katara then traps her in ice, and Aang makes that face again, because the wolf spirit is nearby. I mean, so nearby, that now Azula and Katara and the rest of them can see it from right behind Sokka. And if yeah. he, he thinks that oh you now you're traveling <laughs> for the power of the mighty boomerang, he's like no buddy. Yeah, (laughs) that buddy.
1: Um, I think here would be also a great place to point out how the dialogue is still being nailed. Like, oh, absolutely, Azula's dialogue. Like, it could really, if if you don't, if you overdo it, it could be really, really hammy. But I think it just has enough of that coldness and enough of that taunting to make Mm -hmm. it sound like Azula. I could totally
0: read it in her voice too. Like, especially Azula's dialogue, I could read it with you know. Greg Griffin's voice in my head so just that yeah it's also really just I I just love I know we keep pointing out how cool it is like the consistency of the show and its humor and its its way of you know dialogue and things like that Mm -hmm. um it's it still bears repeating and just how consistently it's been throughout all of the avatar media we've consumed outside of the show so yeah, We go into another flashback where Ursa is writing a letter that she then hides in her robes. She then removes a family portrait to reveal several theater masks, including the dragon mask that Ekam once wore. And we see the blue spirit mask. Mm-hmm. Like, and I made a note about like, oh my God, Zuko's a theater kid. Like <laughs> it's confirmed in the show with the love of amongst the dragons. And, yeah, you know, it also it was the show that he, his mother was about to star in. So it's just, you know, I don't know. It's like poetry yeah. and rhymes. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel
1: like I think this was this was like spoiled for me like years ago, like in a meme or something, or not a meme, but like a um like a Tumblr post or something that the that she had like the blue spirit mask, but still pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I just love that. Like I, I was, I, you know, again with the Leonardo DiCaprio meme of the, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna knock I off my that microphone. Reference. I understood that reference. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Well, speaking of Zuko, uh, baby Zuko shows up at her room after a nightmare involving Azula. She then comforts him and tells him to hold on to the good dreams that he has, which just the sweet moment. Just seeing like, because we do see young Zuko in the show. We see a picture, you know, of, you know, I think we see like like the family portrait of young Zuko and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But just seeing like toddler Zuko, like small child Zuko, I don't know, just kind of broke my heart a little bit.
1: You know, just seeing
0: him just as a fresh-faced baby, you know, like, I don't know, it just makes me sad. After talking him into bed, she then meets the servant and asks her to deliver a letter to her hometown, something that clearly has been a practice with them. But after Ursa leaves, she hides the letters, intending to file them away in that chest that Azula and Zuko later find years down the line. But there's something about this particular letter that alerts her. She then goes to Ozai who's in the middle of firebending training and clearly this has been a standard practice for her to file away Ursa's letters but she shows him this one which pisses him off enough to crumple it. So you know, mm. we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that.
1: I, I knew the minute she she handed off that letter that that servant was stashing them away for Ozai. Yeah. I was it like there's makes, no it just way. Makes,
0: it, just, it just makes me sad especially like knowing that she, trusted this person and did this multiple times and then none of her letters got to her family or you know Ekem. like my heart cut back to the gang who's now dealing with a very pissed off wolf spirit and then tries the respectful route and invokes with connection to the spirit world as the avatar and this doesn't work and the wolf attacks so after a few rounds against the spirit during which the spirit straight up eats absorbs zuko's fire uh Appa Man just to knock the wolf off its feet, but after regaining its footing, the wolf then unleashes a horde of moth wasps through its mouth. So, just lots of weird shit going on here. <laughs> yeah. um, Azula then asks Zuko to free her so she can help. After Zuko says no, she then brings back the deal that they made, and she says to him, if you can't trust family, who can you trust? Mm. Mm. He then frees her, and she uses her lightning to attract the moths and the wolf spirit away from them. Now, I mean, I, who... I don't know, anyone else thought that she was actually going to, like, you know, zap them and, you know, actually hurt them. But, I mean, Aang did say not to hurt them, because that would piss off the wolf spirit even more. But I was still surprised that she actually went with, like, the... I don't know. Like, she used her lightning bending in a way that I didn't expect her to use it.
1: Yeah, and probably for the first time in everyone's benefit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) They then set up camp, all save for Zuko and Sokka are asleep. Sokka is concerned about Zula sleeping with her hands unbound. Uh, Zuko then points out that she saved their butts and he wants to give her a chance. And he's like, well, that's a lot of chances that you're giving her. Like, he so said something like that to her. Uh, Zuko. And then the boys then talk about the sibling relationship between Katara and Sokka. How despite the many th- snowballs that she started at his head or the wisecracking remarks that he makes, they're still close. Zuka then asks for a blanket, which and then when Sokka goes off to take a, take a leak, uh, he then tries to imitate what Sokka had done for Katara and give his sister another blanket, and then notices a folded piece of paper in Azula's boot. So I also wanted to point out that I'm, this is particularly interesting to have two sets of siblings with very, very, very yeah. different dynamics. Yeah, and I'm I'm intrigued by how they're going to explore sibling relationships in this the rest of this comic with the foils, parallels they're between the foils again <laughs> with all the parallels between you know Azula and Katara you know mm-hmm. and you know I I'm very interested in this
1: <laughs> yeah very interested
0: um so speaking of that folded piece of paper in Azula's boot he then reads a letter addressed to Eko where his mother writes of her situation at the palace and how painful it has been for her. And how badly she wants to be with him. She says, My one consolation is our son Zuko. When I look into his eyes, it's as if I'm looking into yours. The fuck? And part one ends with that bombshell. Like... That... I... I was goop-gag-bamboozled
1: all of the confusion emotions. (laughs) Just like, the fuck? (laughs) So, yeah, so... Okay. So at first I was of course yeah gooped gagged all of that. And then the more I started thinking about it, the more I got kind of worried and I'll I'll explain why. I really hope that this doesn't turn into like the reason why Zuko didn't end up like Ozai or Azula. I feel like if that is the route that is being taken, I'm not saying it is, we haven't read Exactly the second and third part. I hope this is just I'm sharing my anxieties about this particular story development. Yeah. Um, if if it does turn out to be the case that this is the reason why he's like the good guy in his family or whatever, it kind of really defeats. I'm not gonna say the defeats the perp- purpose of his it redemption the, arc, but it I kind of like
0: dulls the impact of it.
1: It does dull the impact a little bit, and I think it o- it affects. Zuko's character arc as much as it does Azula's character arc because yeah. if we're to imply that Zuko is not bad because he's not Ozai's son then we're implying that Azula is bad because she's Ozai's daughter yeah which is that
0: kind of not yeah.
1: not what the show has told us you know so far about people yeah you know it's Azula has been the victim of extreme manipulation and extreme pressure yeah From Ozai, and maybe Mm -hmm. some part, some responsibility responsibility can be laid on Ursa. We'll find out more. Yeah, Um, I really, 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 really don't want it to be that. Because look at it this way: when we learned that Zuko was the great grandson of Avatar Roku, the show didn't make it out to be like, oh well, but this is why he's gonna be good because he's related to an Avatar. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't want this to turn out to be like Star Wars or anything. Like I you think know, she's born a Palpatine, so she's bad. Like I don't want that. <sighs> so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my my shit on this until we like know more about it. But <laughs> yeah. that's that was like kind of one of the concerns I had after I thought about it more is that one did we need another family revelation like like zuko's bloodline and two i hope that it doesn't like kind of like explain why he's the good guy you know
0: yeah i'll withhold my thoughts until we get more about this because i did have some thoughts about like not not the same thoughts or concerns that you have but i'm feeling optimistic about avatar storytelling where they won't go that route Mm -hmm. um But again, we haven't finished the rest of the comics, so I will withhold my thoughts for now.
1: Yeah, I've been burned before, so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, And that ends our recap of part one of The Search. So let's scoot on into our fandom corner. So our fandom corner this week um, is actually a comment from our Facebook um, from our, fr- you know, from one of our lovely listeners, Caitlin, uh, who's been featured on the podcast a few times with her thoughts and or with the, their thoughts. I don't know their pronouns. Um, so I posted on our Facebook page, yeah, on the 24th uh, that a year ago today, the Avatar Studios announcement was made. And you know, I kind of joked about how quickly I had to scramble an episode together, reacting to this news, kind of just reminiscing on that time, you know. Mm. Um, And Caitlin commented on our post, do you think Avatar Studios was announced too early? Which did give me pause. I'm thinking like, well, we haven't gotten a whole lot of news from Avatar Studios lately. So Mm. like, was it too soon? I'm curious what your thoughts on this is, Andre.
1: At first, I think my initial answer was maybe only because... uh, we were kind of let down that we didn't hear any developments from Paramount Investors Plus Investors Day, Day. Um, but I don't, I don't really know. I, I, in some ways, think yes, it 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 was a little too early, maybe only because you know it's gonna be a long time before we see any projects. The other reason, the reasons why I say no is mainly just due to the fact that I think. Mike and Brian wanted to work on Avatar Studios, quote unquote, in the open. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think they wanted to have the opportunity to announce something like this versus people finding out by like job listings, like for like an untitled Avatar project. You know, yeah. So like, I don't sense. think they wanted it to be like rumors. I don't think they wanted to like lead anyone on, and I mm-hmm. think they just kind of wanted to get wanted to get ahead of that. Um, and I think they were aware of the risk of you know you can get ahead of it but you also won't have anything to like really show for a couple more years Mm -hmm. but i think i i don't think that the timing of the announcement is like and sort of at any sort of detriment to like the fans or anything because everyone's gonna end up watching it you know like the audience is built in it's guaranteed i don't think they're worrying so much about that um Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, I mean, there's been I'm not going to say a steady trickle of news, but the most we've gotten have been like the job listings and rumors of what it could be. I definitely do think that they at some point in the next couple of months, maybe at Comic-Con, maybe start to unveil what they have in mind as, you know, the concept artwork gets together. They hire more people like the story is a little more solid in what they're doing. Uh I think it would be good to kind of like just hype up the fandom and let them know what they have in store. Mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: at the at the very least I think that's what's kind of like I'm not going to say ode but if you're going to announce something so early like I think it's important that you let your audience know what what they can expect. Yeah. Especially if the time frame of the announcement and the first release of the project is so big, you know. So yeah, I I also think I also think the reason that they announced it early was because of the live action series. I think mm. they also wanted to be like we're doing our own thing and we're doing it now, you know, because they quit August of 2020 and they announced us like what 6 February months 20, later. Yeah. So, I definitely think that was also a part of it too. I also so. want to point
0: out the um the fact that like also with Avatar still reaching its big renaissance, like Mm -hmm. peak of its renaissance during this time of like, you know, still coming off of the quarantine days of the pandemic and starting to, you know, because again, the pandemic has a huge impact on the Avatar resurgence that's happened in pop culture, you know, um, because it was made available on Netflix and people had the time to watch it. So I also think that they're kind of trying to jump on the hype as well. Point mm-hmm. out that, like, hey, you guys really like this during the pandemic. We have more coming, you know? Yeah. I feel like that also had a, a bit to play with that, too.
1: Yeah, I could also see that. I could also have seen a world where, like, they waited for the hype to die down a little bit and use this as a kind of like booster. Good point. But I don't know. I guess my final answer is no.
0: Yeah. But like a little bit of hesitancy. on the
1: With level. a question mark. No with a question yeah. mark.
0: But we appreciate you commenting this, Caitlin. Um, it definitely led for a good discussion and a good thought. You know, it definitely made us think about it. So we really appreciate you commenting that. And of course, yeah. feel free to comment on our posts and send us DMs on your thoughts on anything we say on the episode or any bits of Avatar news or, hey, if you even want to share like a a headcanon or a theory or a funny post about any of those things, um, please send it our way. We'll give our details as to how to reach us at at the end of the episode.
1: Yes, absolutely. All right, let's move on to recommendations. Kayla, what do you recommend this week?
0: So my recommendation this week is a little movie called Shock Treatment. Um, So uh, I, as some of you might know, I'm a big Rocky Horror fan. Um, I'm wearing a shirt right now that's got Rocky Horror on it. Um, And this is the follow up to rocky horror so it's not exactly they marketed it as like it's not a sequel it's not a prequel it is an equal to rocky horror which did kind of mislead a few people but basically it's another cult classic film um where uh essentially brad and janet uh they uh like their town has now been turned into a TV studio and it's basically predicting the rise of reality TV and, you know, corporate power influencing politics and things like that. Before that, this came out in the eighties. Um, the movie is like the visuals are cool, are awesome for the movie. The music slaps. The music is fantastic for the movie. It's very catchy. It's, you know, it's just, I really enjoyed the movie. I really enjoyed the soundtrack. Um, Am I a little confused as to what the movie's about? Yes. But sometimes you just got to turn your brain off and enjoy things. Um, But I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think that the soundtrack is actually a little stronger than Rocky Horror's controversial opinion. I know, but um, it's the music is fantastic. And, you know, I think everyone should be able to check it out. If you like Rocky Horror, I think you should give it a shot. It's available on YouTube. So go check it out there. Uh, and the soundtrack's available on all streaming platforms. So trust awesome. me, you will listen to the soundtrack once you'll have it. You'll have plenty of songs stuck in your head. So you're welcome. What <laughs> awesome. do you recommend this week,
1: Andre? So, like you mentioned earlier about like um, finding a bookshelf for your ap- apartment and being really excited about that, <laughs> I am also in that mindset because because I am moving. I am on the hunt for appliances and I want to get them at really good deals. And I just wanted to turn everyone's attention to the Best Buy deal of the day. So if you go to BestBuy.com, if you don't have a Best Buy in your area, it's basically just like an electronic store with appliances. Um, If you go to Best Buy on their website, in the second tab, they have what's called deal of the day. I bought an air fryer which I've been wanting for a long time because I've my mom has one and I've I've wanted one ever since she got it. Uh I bought a like a air fryer oven huge for $45. It was originally 105.
0: Holy shit.
1: So every day there's different deals on the website. And I'm just going to read you some examples here. Obviously, by the time you listen to this, they won't be there because it's only for 24 hours. But, you know, there's one here, a blue microphone pro streamer pack. You could get a blue Yeti USB microphone and a Pro HD webcam for $150. It's usually retailing at $230. This is $80 difference.
0: Jesus. There is wow. a
1: two-seat fabric sofa. Sofa usually goes for $1,200. You could get it for $899. There's another air fryer here. It's a digital air fryer. It was 109. It's now fifty dollars. There's, a, I mean, it's it's insane. This, this it's like is absurd. It's like I love a, it. adjustable standing desk was three forty four. It's now two forty four. dollars hundred dollars difference. So if if you're looking for like great deals. This is a gem. This is a hidden gem because no one yeah. fucking buys from Best Buy. But because uh, then and, and they know that. And this is why they have this. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to be checking this every day to see what I could get for like yeah. $100. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: That's this, good to know for moving. I will definitely keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, and they ship they ship, you know, um nationally. So, I think it shouldn't even if you don't have one in your area, there should be, you know, it should be no problem getting it to wherever you are. Accessible. Um wow. But yeah, Best Buy deal of the day. Check it out.
0: Damn. Okay. Awesome. Well, if you'd like to keep tabs on what we're up to, you can follow us on TikTok at the Avatar Hour Podcast. Or sorry, the Avatar Hour Pod. TikTok usernames are a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also follow us on Instagram at the Avatar Hour Podcast and on Twitter at Avatar Hour. And like I said before, we're always looking for more fandom corners. So you can send us a DM or you can email us at the Avatar Hour at gmail.com
1: and if you want some more avatar hour in your life then consider signing up for our patreon for as little as $1 a month or up to $5 a month you can access our show notes ad free editions of our episodes zoom recordings and much much more if you sign up for a $5 air acolyte level you also gain access to our flagship benefit the avatar after hour where we do things like finding out what bender we'd be reacting to avatar tiktoks and much more if you haven't already also please make sure you're subscribed to the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice and please 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 leave a review it helps people will find our show and one last thing before we go it is that time of the season we will be having a surprise guest interview this week so stay tuned for that it's going to be on our regular channel so definitely stay tuned for when that comes out we're really excited we're actually about to interview them as soon as we get off here so until then thank you guys so much for listening we will see you next week i'm andre and i'm kayla all right bye Bye everyone. everyone